Chapter Twenty Six of the Adventures of Joel Pepper. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stacy Chambers. The Adventures of Joel Pepper by Margaret Sidney. Chapter Twenty Six. Miss Parrot's Coach and the Coasting. It was snowing tiny flakes when Joel's eyes popped open and the small feathery things whirled against the little paned window as if they would very much like to come in dave dave cried joel poking him get up it's snowing david's eyes flew quite wide at that and he sat up at once oh joel he squealed as he watched the flakes ain't they pretty um i guess so said joel springing into his clothes they're nice for snowballs and to slide on anyway david reached over for one blue woolen stocking on the floor by the side of the bed and sat quite still with it in his hand regarding the snowy whirl you ain't got dressed a bit cried joel spinning around and i'm all ready so will i be all ready cried little david pulling on the stocking with all haste and flying at the rest of his clothes with alacrity wait joe do as joe began to clatter downstairs can't said joel racing off i'm going to get the sled wait called davy half crying but Joel was in the woodshed hauling out the precious sled that Ben had made for the boys out of some boards and old sleigh runners that had been given him. He was dragging it out with a dreadful noise from the corner where it had stayed all summer when Polly came running out. I don't believe it's going to snow much, she said, squinting at the feathery specks. You won't want your sled today, boys. I'm going to have it ready, said Joel with another pull. Well, I'll help you, said Polly, taking hold of one end dear me i do think this is the most splendid sled in all the world she exclaimed enthusiastically i don't see how ben could make it so nice ben can do anything declared joel tugging away i know it said polly with pride well i wish he had time to go coasting all he wants to she added sorrowfully maybe he will have this winter suggested joel who never could bear to see polly sad perhaps said polly but there's always wood to chop in the winter joe there here it comes as the big sled tumbled out with a rush to be dragged into the middle of the woodshed floor david now came running downstairs and phronsie hearing that the sled was to be drawn out pattered into the woodshed too oh polly she cried in rapture now i'm going out to ride in it this very minute and she danced round and round clapping her hands in glee oh dear me cried polly pointing out at the little window see phronsie there's only the least little bit of snow why i do very believe it's going to stop at this dreadful suggestion every one of the little peppers in the woodshed rushed to the window and joel flung wide the door so that a cold blast carrying a feathery cloud of little flakes swept in oh joel exclaimed polly shut the door phronsie will catch cold joel was already out in the house place dancing about declaring it was going to be awful deep and they could make a snowman soon he guessed so little davy ran and pushed the door to shutting off all chance of hearing the rest of what he was saying he was gone some time and the others ran into the kitchen for polly declared they would get no breakfast that day if she did not hurry up and david and phronsie thought it much nicer to watch the snowstorm from those windows than from the little tucked-up window in the woodshed the consequence was that joel ran in just as they had begun breakfast in a fine glow his cheeks very red and his chubby nose as well why didn't you come he demanded with sparkling eyes where cried polly oh joe what have you been doing your face is red as fire and your nose is red too said david i don't care said joel slipping into his seat give me some mush polly do he begged hungrily passing his bowl oh twas just prime i tell you what asked polly quickly you keep saying it's fine and don't tell us what you've been doing that isn't polite she added 
for polly was quite particular as to her manners and liked to be very genteel before the other children oh i've been riding in miss parrot's coach said joel trying to appear as if this were an everyday occurrence and eating on as if nothing had happened miss parrot lived in an old ancestral house about two miles from badgertown she was very rich but kept entirely to herself and drove about in an ancient coach the envy of all the villagers and i called you all to come and you wouldn't oh joel pepper cried polly greatly shocked to think of the splendid chance they had all missed and dropping the big spoon with which she was serving the mush you never called us one single bit no you never did added david solemnly and looking at polly with all his eyes never did echoed phronsie shaking her yellow head positively polly i want some more mush i do yes i did too spoke up joel loudly joel reproved mother pepper well i did mamsie repeated joel in a very injured tone i called just like this come quick and ride in miss parrot's coach so there oh dear me cried polly passionately sitting back in her chair i'd rather have gone in that coach than have done anything else and now you've been and will never get a chance again never in all this world how did it happen joel asked ben do tell the whole story from the beginning why you see it was this way joel began polly give me some more mush do passing his bowl oh dear me do tell first joe cried polly impatiently i don't know where the spoon is for the big spoon had tumbled off to the floor and she hadn't seen it go in the excitement joel get a clean one said miss pepper then pick up the other it's likely fell down so joe hopped out of his chair and got a clean spoon for polly and then dived under the table and came back with the other spoon now begin and tell us all about it said his mother no polly you mustn't help him the mush till he's told so joel seeing he wasn't to get the mush until the whole story how he got his ride in the parrot coach was related began at once and rattled it off as fast as he could the man that drives it stopped and i was in the yard and he said don't you want to all hands all you children to drive i've got to drive a piece down the road and i called and called you and we went and that's all now give me some mush if only we'd known mourned polly clasping her hands is it lined with green satin joel she asked suddenly i don't understand said mrs pepper in a puzzled way where were you joel when miss parrot's man asked you and you didn't go bareheaded and without your coat out in the yard mamsie answered joel polly do give me some mush for polly was so absorbed waiting to hear if miss parrot's coach was really lined with green satin that she had forgotten all about joe and his breakfast so now she hastily dipped out the mush into the bowl that was waiting for it is it really lined with green satin joel she cried breathlessly i don't know said joel all his attention upon his bowl of mush i most know it is said polly leaning her elbows on the table and her head upon her hands to think how it would really seem to be riding in a coach lined with green satin and now i shall never go she ended why didn't you come back for us asked david suddenly he hadn't eaten anything since joel had rushed in with the wonderful story and between polly's disappointment and his own was in a great state of distress oh i thought you were coming right off said joel swallowing rapid mouthfuls and then when i got into the coach the man that drives miss parrot said he couldn't wait no longer any longer you mean corrected mrs pepper yes'm said joel and then we drove off you see we had shut the door to the woodshed said polly cause phronsie would catch cold if we didn't and we didn't hear a single word when you called joel pepper not a single one where'd you go asked david suddenly oh down to the center said joel to two no i guess four stores and then he brought me home that is almost home he dropped me at the corner oh dear me exclaimed polly 
oh jolly look at the snow screamed joel flying out of his chair and sure enough while they had been so engrossed there it had been coming down faster and faster until it was a powdery veil almost too thick to see through so somewhere in the middle of the morning joel and david started off with their sled drawing on their mittens with the greatest satisfaction and bobbing good-bye to the others watching them from the windows all went well until joe proposed that they should go to simon's hill a long steep thoroughfare some two miles distant that swung at the bottom very abruptly into the turnpike and trudging off there they climbed it with dispatch and began to coast down oh wickets cried joel who was steering little davy hanging on behind more than three-quarters afraid though he wouldn't let joel see it for all the world gee haw gee haw wee dump dump as they flew over the rises bumping and twisting from side to side oh take care joe screamed david in terror we most went over for one side of the road ran down abruptly into a thicket of evergreen and scrub oaks oh we're going straight sang out joel you're always such a fraidy cat david pepper i ain't a fraidy cat protested davy and i want to go home to mother well you're going down again eleven no i guess sixty times declared joel after this gee whiz bump bump bang this last was brought out of him by a sudden slewing to the side where the slope ran off to the evergreen scrub oak thicket but joel missed the edge by about an inch so he screamed with delight and whizzed safely down the rest of the hill i ain't going down ever again said david not once joel as they flew along and the cold air swept his pale cheeks just then along the turnpike toward the abrupt turn of the hill road was coming an ox-pung loaded with wood and driven by old farmer seeley who was almost as blind as a bat and deaf as a post hi screamed joel whizzing along see us come down but farmer seeley neither saw nor heard and just then he concluded to steer his team up as near as possible to the hill road joel saw this and yelled but he might as well scream to the hill it was all done in a moment down flew the clumsy homemade sled that couldn't be turned in a second joel frantically steering to get past the big awkward team that was blocking up the way david clinging to him in dumb helpless terror thud and the first thing that old farmer silly knew four small arms and legs were waving frantically in the air and thrown suddenly with a mixture of boards and runners against the ox team of wood with an awful crash and then all was still land o' goshen ejaculated farmer silly at the crash what's that air oh my gracious peters and he saw what it was as well as he was able for his poor eyes and getting off from the team he went to the spot shaking so in every limb that he could hardly walk there was no sound beneath the upturned sled where it lay just as it had been thrown against the wood pump and for one dreadful moment farmer silly thought the two boys to whom the small legs and arm belonged were dead and he shook so his false teeth rattled in his head and he sat right down in the snow i must dig em out he said in a cold fright for they've drove their heads clean into the snow and they may get suffocated if they ain't already dead so he did the best he could in that work proceeding only a little way when joel bounced up suddenly shook his black hair and rubbed his eyes oh i remember he said now see here you boys screamed old farmer silly angrily i'll have you took up whoever ye be a runnin into my ox team and a buttin into my wood um i will get dave out cried joel who cared very little for whatever the old man might say and pawing the snow wildly help me get dave out i can't help none said the old man querulously i'm stiff in the joints and besides you've scared me to death in a most oh oh screamed joel in a frightful panic dave get up dave but david lay like a little log of wood as still as those on the old phone end of chapter twenty six recording by stacy chambers